Welcome to GoToGal, episode number 182. As always, I'm your host, Jacqueline Malone. And today, I'm really excited to take you, I don't know, it's a little bit behind the scenes in this episode. So our guest today is with a local celebrity where I live in Rochester, New York. So Sandy Waters is our guest. I've been listening to Sandy on the radio for most of my life, which she probably doesn't want to hear. But I think she's been doing her morning show, Spazano and Sandy, for the last 20 years or something like that. She is incredible. She's won awards for best you know, female radio personality. And everyone here basically knows her and loves her. Now, one of the things, Sandy is also a podcaster, so she's host of the Seven Figures podcast. So if you, I don't know if you can listen to Spazano and Sandy, you don't live in Rochester, but her podcast is a podcast. So Seven Figures podcast, smart money strategies for women. One of the things Sandy and I connected, so while I've known who she is for the last 20 years, I just recently in the last couple of years know her personally and we met at an event and hit it off. She is just bursting with personality and energy and I just like absolutely adore her. And I've been on her podcast before. Definitely an episode you should check out. We'll link to it in the show notes. I actually think it was two episodes. And one of the things that I was always really fascinated about was the similarities yet differences between podcast and radio. Now, one of the conversations that Sandy and I have gotten into is how at the radio station they had consultants and teams that would help them develop their their characters, their personalities on the radio in an authentic way, but in a really intentional way. And does that carry over into podcasting? Does that carry over into personal brands? So even if you don't have a podcast, if you are on Instagram, if you are showing up at all on your Facebook group on video for your email list, whatever it is, when we're showing up as go-to gals, as personal brands, we're showing up with personality. And when we're not intentional about that, it's easy to blend in. There's that fine line, right, about creating a brand, right, whatever you want to call it, a personal brand that is authentic, that really is true to you, but also you're creating a brand. So like, where's that line where, you know, maybe it becomes inauthentic? We are exploring all of that in this conversation. Sandy's going to take us behind the scenes. She had worked with me. I had the honor of getting to work with her on this character headline a bit. It was really eye-opening for me on some blind spots that I had unintentionally about not sharing certain parts of me. And that's what I love about this is that sometimes we just don't think to share certain things or we're not even self-aware enough to know that we should be sharing certain things. That's how it was for me. And and so I was really like mind blown going through this exercise with her and and coming back to it in this conversation, I realized that some parts I hadn't really been implementing either. So I'm going to call myself out and you'll hear a little bit of the behind the scenes of what that looks like, too. But this is it's a it's a conversation. I'm so excited to share this with you and really get you thinking about how you're showing up as a go to gal and not just sharing your expertise, but sharing you, sharing those parts of you that maybe you're not thinking to share. So I've done a lot of branding exercises and this was really unique for me. So I'm excited to share it with you to give you a little bit of behind the scenes on that too. All right, we're just going to jump right to it. Here is my conversation with Sandy. Sandy, I'm so excited to have you here. Oh my gosh. I am so grateful that you asked me to be on. I just adore you. Thank you. Well, right back at you. So, oh my goodness, before we dive into everything we're going to chat about today, take us back to when you were growing up. What were you the go-to gal for back then? Oh gosh, what a great question. Now, if you had asked me this years ago, I probably would have given you a blank stare like, what? I don't know. (laughs) But you know, the older you get and the more established you are in your career, you start to look back and reflect and you like start to connect the dots and it like makes sense, right? So I would say, I think... I would say it would be entertaining. But every time in high school, especially my one of my really good friends, Stephanie and I, everybody would call us the girls with the camera because we would always have the video camera with us. This is before cell phones, everyone, before everybody had a camera. And we would always be recording just entertainment pieces like social experiments. Like, what would you do before John Quinones did? What would you do? We would drop money in the middle of the mall and then have the hidden camera and kind of see how people would react. So oh yeah, totally did that. And everyone thought we were insane, but we had such a kick out of doing it. And 
I don't know. I never thought anything of it more than just, oh, I like videos and entertaining people. And now that I connect the dots, it's like, oh, okay. It led me to right here. Awesome. Okay. So where's all that footage? (laughs) (laughs) I know. I don't know where it is. I want to find it. It's on VHS though. So I don't even know if we could play it. (laughs) Well, you know what this reminds me of? So Punky Brewster, is it oh. so so little moon fry? Yeah, I don't know how yeah. you, I don't know yeah. how you say it. So she was like this and she had the video camera everywhere. And I forget what the streaming service of all of the ones that that were hooked into, but uh-huh. one of them had and they basically took all of these tapes from the nineties and edited them up and it was her reflecting back and they did other interviews but it was it was all of this old footage from the 90s it was and a lot of it was celebrities and it was really cool to see how much she had documented back then like with this like big camera how about you and i just dated ourselves completely (laughs) your reference of punky brewster mine of whoa i had a video camera (laughs) let's fast forward to today tell us what do you do and who do you help So I have two jobs, actually. I work in radio, morning radio show, co-host, Spazano and Sandy, and we are like one of the longest morning show teams. Decades, which is so hard to say out loud. I know. Uh, I'm like, (laughs) I I was very shocked at how young you were because I'm, (laughs) or you are. Like, I'm like, I, I'm like, I remember listening to you. I feel like a lot of my life on the radio. How long has the show been going on for? You know how bittersweet that is, Jacqueline, you by the way. So, you, when... were, you were like 12 when you started, right? <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. You know, I love when people say that I've been listening to you since I was eight. And I'm like, oh, I want to give you a hug, yet call you a bitch at the same time. Because now <laughs> I was eight. I feel so old. No, it's but been over 20 years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, but I love it. I love it, love it. And I never thought I wasn't the one to ever crave the limelight. And I was very like reserved and like to myself, like I'm not one to just talk about myself, but being on the show, and I guess it's what we'll talk about today too, because a lot of people are there where you're like, this is like privacy still. It's it's weird. Like, why do you care about what I ate for dinner? Like, it's still kind of weird to me. But once you learn how to put yourself out there, the parts that you want, the parts that connect with your listener, it's such an incredible feeling when you say something and your listener reacts in a way of, thank God you said it out loud because I wasn't going to, or you are just like me. It's such a cool feeling that it just... Yeah, it's almost like a drug. You keep wanting to do it. So that's what I get out of the show. And I just love, love, love doing it. And now with the new world of podcasting, I've started to work with podcasters, you know, new podcasters, or maybe podcasters who feel overwhelmed or insecure, feel like their show isn't getting the traction that they want. And we come up with a clear defined vision of who they are and how they should be presenting the information on their podcast using the techniques and strategies that we've learned in radio. And actually, these are the same strategies and techniques that comedians use, that comedy writers use. We And whether you have a podcast or not, you could be listening and thinking, well, I don't have a podcast, so this isn't going to pertain to me. It absolutely crosses over to any time you are looking to engage with an audience. You want to pull them in. You want to draw them in. You want them to be your loyal fans. You can apply these same techniques and strategies. This is really fascinating to me because when you think about especially your career, right, with 20 years in this show and this loyal audience and community that just loves you guys and all of this stuff, right, it's easy to think, well, that's just that's just you right? Like some people just have it and you're able to to show up and people connect with you. They resonate with you. And I think a lot of times we think this about our favorite podcasters too, of like, oh, well, they just have that extra little thing, right? And, mm-hmm. and you can't replicate that. And I've heard people say that to me of like, oh, well, I couldn't sound like you or I couldn't sound like so-and-so. But the beauty of podcasting is not trying to sound like other people. right? And what I love about what you've done with this exercise is this strategy to pull together because it's, yes, it's your personality, but it's your personality on purpose and exaggerated because there is 
you know, there's a method to the madness here and and being able to translate that. So what happens when people don't have this method to the madness? What happens when, whether it's on radio or podcasting or just showing up for their community on social media, what does that look like or what does that feel like, sound like when they're not doing something like yeah. this? Yeah. Okay. So first I want to establish that we're all broadcasters now. Like at one time, point in time, it was broadcasting meant TV, radio, and that's that. Now, Every single person is a broadcaster. If you post on Facebook or social media in any way about anything, you are a broadcaster. Congratulations. If you're a podcaster, if you're a YouTuber. So this really does apply to everybody. And I, what I've sensed and what I've gathered doing this over and over again is people are just looking for permission. And I think I was there too, where, like I said, I wasn't one to kind of just be that boisterous, crave attention. Like I would walk into a room and I'm more of the person who kind of just sits in the corner and observes. I wasn't the one to put it on and be the exaggeration of me until I learned and had permission to do so. So when there's parts of you that you, like, for example, I am, and I will own it now. These are parts of you that you can just own it and and love to own. So I am the very risk adverse, crazy, neurotic Italian mom. And that is in my exaggeration of you uh, character headline. So I am very risk adverse. So I am not adventurous. Why? Because I don't want to get hurt. So here I am walking the dog last night and I broke my finger because I fell. Me, the person who will wrap myself no. in bubble wrap, Jacqueline, I like, take that to the extreme. So, <laughs> and I freaking break my finger. So oh my these are parts of you, like everybody has this, right? Where there's something about them that now I want to give you permission to just own it. So on the radio or on a podcast, I would share that. And I have shared the fact that I am so risk adverse. I am like, white water rafting, are you insane? I don't want to die. You know what I mean? Like, but yet I will tell the story of how I tripped and fell on the sidewalk and broke a finger. And now that's very relatable. And it kind of, you know, it, it connects with the audience. To go back and answer your question, when you are too focused on just getting the message across, right? Because you have something great to say. We all do. And this is what makes you so passionate about starting a podcast or sharing on social media your message. When you're just focused on the message and you forget to uncover who you are, you become generic. Because let's not lie to ourselves. We're not the only ones sharing this message right? You can get information anywhere and everywhere now. But the reason why people are coming to you is for you. So it's so important to uncover these parts of your personality that relate to your audience. So you're like, and often people would say you're the guide, right? In your podcast, you're the guide and you're just guiding the listener to the answers. But the tour guide, if you compare it to the tour guides that you've had in your life, which tour guides are most memorable, the ones that have the biggest personalities, or they say, or they do something, they tell a story about their personal relate to whatever they're showing you. And then that connects with you and then you become your favorite tour guide. So you want to become the favorite tour guide to your audience. Does that make sense? So you'll become too generic if you just kind of give the information and not open up your personality. Yes. And I think that that nuance that you just said really I don't know, solidifies it. It's not necessarily the loudest, but it's that exaggerated. So if yeah. you, instead of just being a little bit louder, a little bit silly, it's very much that. Or if it's, if they're a little bit more, you know, maybe, maybe deep and thoughtful, like really leaning more into that and, and sharing some, you know, profound thing on the tour that you're like, Oh, wow. I, I didn't know that. Right. It doesn't have yeah. to really be that like boisterous personality, but it's, really them letting their true, their full personality shine through with that. And it's part of your personality. So what I do is we go through an exercise. It's a pretty extensive exercise and a series of questions. And we meet a couple times to kind of craft this exaggeration of you character headline, we call it. But you can absolutely try to tackle this on your own too. If you want to just think about those parts of your personality that really define who you are, that you feel comfortable talking on, and then putting the stage makeup on those parts of your personality. So you're going to, like you said, just exaggerate, just go over the top with it. There's a great book, The Comic 
Toolbox. It's by John Varos. I, I believe his last name is, but he's a comedy writer. And like I said earlier, the strategies and techniques that radio people use are the same as comedians, same as podcasters. What he refers to it as your comic perspective on things. So have a perspective, a point of view, but exaggerate it. So if you're typically a joyful person, now you are obnoxiously happy about everything. And I was listening to a podcast. It was an improv podcast. And this guy was insane. He was OCD, yet that joyful personality. And he told a story about taking a stain out of the carpet. Now, he made this stain removal, whateverness sounds so exciting and he got so much pleasure and joy from it. And obviously he's exaggerating it, but it resonated with me. And I listened to that episode years ago. And that's the one thing that sticks with me because it was such an exaggerated story that I'm like, he's freaking insane. I thought I was OCD. So look for those opportunities in your personality where you can just lay it on thick. Now, how does this relate to, I remember you giving some examples to me before of how this translates into TV or movie characters. How do we see this there? Because I think that may help. I I wanted to go more into how we can apply this, but I think that helps frame it a little bit of how to think about it. So when you, and I know you and I talk about this a lot, and this is the one thing that makes it like, this is the aha moment when you hear this, is that if you feel like, and sometimes you might need someone else to listen to your podcast to, to see if you do come across this way. But if you come across as the perfect person where you're never exposing anything you do wrong because you're so fixated on being that authority person in Hollywood, when they want to cast somebody that the audience will hate, they create the perfect person. So if you are too perfect, you are just telling your audience, please hate me. <laughs> you don't want that. You want to be connected. You want your audience to come to you and feel like, oh, I love her or I love him because he's just like me. Actually, there's, you'll like this, there's three reasons why listeners or your audience go from just being a casual audience, customer, listener to a loyal fan. And that's what we want, right? We want them to transition into a loyal fan who's committed to you. Yeah, And they'll do it for three reasons. One, they feel like they're just like you. So your point of view resonates with them. Like the, I'm a neurotic Italian mom. So a lot of people will be like, oh, me too. I have crazy thoughts too. (laughs) Or you remind them of somebody that they care about. The neurotic Italian mom. If your parents are off the boat, like mine are, well, then you can relate to those stories. Third thing and reason why people transition into being a loyal fan is they want to be like you, or they want to be your best friend. So like Jacqueline, for you, when you listen to your podcast, it's like, I want to be like her. I want to be the go-to girl. She sounds so sweet. I want to be her friend. And that's what pulls your listeners in. And you got to find one of those three reasons why your listeners are going to be you know, connected with you. And that's only by exposing these character traits that you want to get out there and put the stage makeup on. Yes. Well, and the way you broke this down, it's so true because there's always those listeners that are like, okay, I'm just like you. So I appreciate you showing that because they really can relate. Yeah. And then I also have community members who maybe work with clients that are like me, right? You know, so they're, you know, supporting people that are a little bit crazy like me and it helps them understand that a little bit better, right? Or I, I do get a lot the the like, can we, are we friends now? Are we best yes. friends now? But people who just, I'm like, yes, please. Like, can we, can we be friends? You are oh, like that but obnoxiously that. joyful person. That's you. <laughs> you would get pleasure out of taking a stain out of a carpet. I can see it. <laughs> I, I get no pleasure out of that. <laughs> But I would probably try to find something to make it more fun or else it just wouldn't happen. (laughs) Um, Yes. No, I avoid cleaning as much as I can. That's where I come in. But if I'm going to but if I'm going to clean, I'm going to make it fun. They're going to be blaring some Hamilton. They're going to be like, you know, doing some dance moves while we clean. Like we're going to be making it. We're making it fun if we're going to have to do it. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes, for sure. Okay, so that I think that really helps because. 
if you are, there's so much in this online space, which I don't know mm. if you're exposed to this as much, Sandy, but I'm going to tell you, people, I see this all the time. And they're like, your ideal client or customer is you two years ago. Okay. This is a very common advice giving trope uh -huh. kind of thing of, of what your ideal client is. And that's not always the best ideal client, right? Sometimes you're supporting someone who's very different and like you you never were that person, right? And all the different reasons why that person wouldn't be your ideal client. So I think this is also permission to be talking to people that are not like us. Yeah. And, yeah. and that there's these other, just by us sharing certain things doesn't mean that everyone in our community needs to be able to relate to those things or be experiencing those same things in order for us, you know, for it to be still worthwhile for us to share that part of our personality. Yeah, absolutely. And when you share these parts of your personality, it's almost like you got to find that conflict. So I was working with a guy in Denmark. This guy is insane. He's He's just fearless. He is fear He's like a men's coach and he's fearless. And he talks about how fearless he is. But he said like he was face to face with a Komodo dragon and he's like, it's okay. I got it. I didn't, I wasn't scared. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Jumping in cold waters, like nothing bothers him. But what he said, and I said, you have to reveal this on your podcast. He's like, the things that does scare me is when my wife is upset with me <laughs> or letting my kids down. And I'm like, that is such an enduring quality that you now here took this guy who is so fearless and he's like this superhero that, you know, that is kind of relatable in some aspects too, because some of his audience are just equally as fearless or want to be, right? But then once he breaks it down and uncovers a flaw that he has, like, I'm scared to death of my wife or I don't want to let my kids down. If you reveal a flaw as well, that is gold right there. Like if he were to tell a story and it doesn't have to take over the podcast, it doesn't have to take over your social media posts, but if it just kind of, you trickle it in there, it's just these little details that make such a big impact. But if you were to tell a story of like, oh yeah, I, I face to face with a Komodo dragon, I, my heart was not racing. I was calm and cool, but I just saw a spider and screamed like a little girl. I mean, that's hysterical. Right. So to uncover those little moments where you show like some vulnerability is is so relatable to your audience. It is. OK, so we're we're teasing out different parts of it and you did share yours. But what are the key? And I know there's flexibility with this, but what are the different components of this headline that we need to have? So, and it's not a one size fits all. I know, I know. I so they, <laughs> but I want, but I'm like, I don't like, like we got to pull back the curtain a little bit so people can start <laughs> to see like, okay, what am I building here? What is this headline? But you know, so. it's so funny. You're very much like me where we're like, just tell me black and white what I need to do. Where are the boxes I need to fill? This is more of, if you're going to try to do this on your own, I would say come up with just one phrase. Don't go too much. And there's going to be more to your personality than what makes the headline. So it's okay that you're not everything. And don't think about this is completely different than your business and your brand. This is who you are. So those parts of your personality that define who you are. So are you joyful? Does the school system tick you off? I was working with a teacher who is, or a retired teacher who's so frustrated with the school system. I'm like, okay, so that has to be in your headline because what makes it in your headline is everything that you say, every guest that you have, every direction of your podcast has to go through the funnel of your headline. So you need to try to address parts of your headline in every episode. Does that make sense? So just come up with a phrase that when you read it back to yourself, you're like, yes, that's me. I am. I don't know. Do you remember what yours was? We came up with one for you. I do. I, <laughs> I, I remember it mostly. I'm like, do I want to share it? I, know. I can share. So what I'm thinking in my head was that it was the first, I feel like it was like a quirk and then... Oh, here we go with the boxes. With mine, yeah. was driven by. I got to have a formula. <laughs> I'm like, we Which is important. You're right. You're right. It I know. Is important. I know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bully you into having a formula. Like, just tell me your ideas and then I will just structure them into a framework for you, Sandy. No need for you to do this on your own. No. So I feel like it's like a quirk. And then with mine, we did 
I think we said driven by or motivated by and gave a couple of examples with that. And then it was the conflict. So does yours fit in that framework? No. What I think is important, though, is that <laughs> is that you have the flaw or the quirk, because I have done so much with personal branding and I have not myself and I have not seen others bring in the flaws and the quirks the way this exercise does. Mm -hmm. And I think the conflict, the mm -hmm. the taking that conflict within your own personality is also something that's really unique to this. And that's what really, you know, just opened up my eyes from us going through this exercise because I have done probably way more branding exercises and branding work and inner work on branding than the average entrepreneur over the last six years. But this is these were two pieces that I had not consciously brought mm. in to the equation. So that was really that was really an eye opener for me of like, OK, we do want to make sure I mean, just by showing up and being me. I don't think I ever presented myself as being perfect, but I was never conscious of bringing in imperfections or, and not just, you know, three years ago, I was, you know, like people tell these like very yeah. curated vulnerability stories. Like that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about more like big personality quirks. Yeah. Being, you know, so, right. So like, look for those areas of your, and all of these things in your headline, whether you want to put them in your little buckets or not, they are characteristics that connect with your listener. But your characteristics, when you share stories, they're going to be over the top. If your story is, I'm scared of spiders. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of people. But if you go, I am freaking petrified. I'm going to burn this house down if I see a damn spider. Now you just exaggerated it. Now it's memorable. So make sure when you come up with your phrase, the parts of your personality that you want to show up as in your podcast, make sure you put so much freaking stage makeup on that. It's on so many steroids because you want it to cut through. It's got to connect. If you look and you referred to it a, a little bit ago about how Hollywood writes actors, like think of the cast of Friends. Monica is so freaking OCD. She makes me look normal, which I really connect with her because she is neurotic <laughs> and that's me. And that's what you want. You want that, you know, Kramer is like, is there anyone really like Kramer in the world? Probably not, but he has it exaggerated. And that's what you got to achieve. So there was one food blogger that I worked with that, and now food bloggers, like they just, mommy bloggers exhaust me because I feel like I will never, ever live up to that standard, right? They're perfect. They're perfect people. Everything is perfect that oh, they post, so right? Yes. So yes. she's a food blogger. And I'm like, you are just so perfect. Your pictures are damn perfect. She goes, well, little do you know, I was feeding frozen pizza to the kids. I'm like, okay, can you please talk about that in your podcast so I can like you more? <laughs> because I don't want to hate yes. you. That's hysterical that you're spending all this time preparing this meal for your blog, yet nobody can eat it because your kids are eating frozen pizza and dino nuggets. You know, those are like so parts of your personality if it makes it to your headline to showcase. Okay. I love how you just brought that to life. Now, where does the conflict fit in? Why is the conflict important? So the conflict is kind of like, I'm fearless, yet I scream at a spider. I'm a food blogger and I know how to make a beautiful meal and I love to entertain, but I serve my family paper plates and I ran out of time and serving them frozen pizza. Those opportunities, I'm the mom who's the mommy blogger, but you didn't just see the food fight that happened in my kitchen and the kids are crying. So those opportunities and really dig deep into those stories too, if you could share them. It's not just, you know, oh, we have a problem with hitting in my family or I just, I don't know why I thought of that. All kids do that, right? They all have that problem. But, you know, it's it's more of or keeping our hands to ourselves. It's more of, oh my gosh, you should have just saw what my son did. He took a train and whacked the babysitter with it. You know, they'll get really deep in those stories. The stories that your audience would be like, oh my gosh, did she just say that out loud? Because those are the moments that are going to connect with your listener and your listener will not judge you negatively. That's what the fear is, I think. Don't you agree? It is. Well, as you're saying this, I'm like, I don't think I've done a good job of bringing my conflict into my, like whatever we're calling this, into yeah. the podcast, into my brand. I don't think I've done. So since we clarified my exaggeration of you, 
I'm just thinking as if you're saying this, I'm like, you know what? I don't know if I talk about it enough or at all, or I don't know. So with my conflict, we had said, and, and I think you fought me on this. I think you were like offended by the word like for me. You're like, are you sure? And I'm like, no, I really resonate with this. <laughs> are you remembering what it is? Now? So the conflict that we came up with was that I'm very ambitious, but I'm also mm-hmm. lazy. And <laughs> you like, said, like, just so matter of fact, see, like that's I, so beautiful. I had to just throw it out there because <laughs> Sandy's like, maybe we should like look at the thesaurus for like some other, like, I don't know if lazy really <laughs> I'm like, no, like I can be very lazy. And, you know, and I think part of that is also I, you know, I have ADHD and I part of, you know, things that are just part of my personality with that, you know, like people think you're lazy with it. And so I probably have just adopted that as, you know, my own uh-huh. perspective on things, too. But I feel that and it is a struggle because I do. I'm very ambitious, but I also struggle with just like being really lazy about certain things. And so like, it is totally a thing. And as you're saying, I'm like, oh, yeah, I haven't brought this in. I think when this so one with this topic, and I'm 100% sold on it. But the, I like as I'm thinking of like, why haven't I brought this in? Maybe some of it is fear of judgment. But I think there's also that like fear of it being like contrived or inauthentic. Uh, yeah. So how so how do we intentionally with the other parts of mine, I think they naturally shine through with stuff I was doing mm-hmm. already. But mm-hmm. with that, I don't you know, I wasn't intentionally I haven't been intentionally pulling yeah. that in. And it's so hard. how do we start to yeah. do that without feeling forced and authentic? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. At first, it, you will feel that and you will think that, but you got to look for, first, it's not going to happen overnight. This is definitely something over time. And I'm sure you've said it, we've all said it, where you, you don't eat the elephant, one big bite, spoonfuls at a time, right? So this is the same kind of thing. And these are such little details that will over time make such a big impact. So when the opportunity comes up, and it's not taking over. You don't want to force it like, hey, let me tell you how lazy I am today. But it's like if something comes up, if in the conversation, because now you're listening, when you're listening to your person that you're interviewing speak, you're in the back of your mind filtering everything that they say and everything that you're about to say through the funnel of your exaggeration of you. So you're thinking, okay, this person just said how hard they work today. Well, let me interject here. Yeah, I today was one of my lazy days. You know, I mean, even just saying that or somehow it's just somehow sprinkling it in. And it will it may feel forced at first, but over time it's going to become so natural and you are going to hit I guarantee you're going to hit that aha, oh my gosh, this feels incredible because now you have it's almost like a bowling alley and you set up the bumpers for yourself and now you know how to throw a strike every single time. So maybe lazy, you haven't found the opportunity to let it come through and that's okay, but it will present itself because now it's subconsciously in your mind and you will eventually over time find that opportunity to say it. So don't force it. It's okay that it hasn't come out yet. It will. You'll be thinking about it and it will. (laughs) I think I need a post-it note. So I tend to just like completely forget things. Like, like I should that. send like, you something on a plaque. <laughs> That's what I'm going to start doing with all my clients. I'm going to get yeah. their headline on a plaque because you should have it in front of you. You absolutely should. Yes. So, so keeping you're always, it front yep. of mind, keeping it top of mind like that, I think will help, especially yes. when, because I'm, you know, I'm making up excuses for myself as you're talking of like, why haven't I done this? But I think <laughs> the biggest, the best excuse I can come up with <laughs> is that the laziness part tends to be a lack of activity. Right. And so uh-huh. it's like, it doesn't feel noteworthy to talk about. Mm. Let me just tell you, mark it down, check off your list. You already use this no, opportunity no, no. to talk about yes. how lazy you are. <laughs> oh, so yeah, I need to bring, I need to bring that in a bit more. And because it is, it's part of my, like, it's not like, oh, I need to bring it in more because that's like strategic. It's, that's literally part of my weekly conflict of of that balance of the ambition and the and the laziness. You know what and you I could need say that balance yeah. in order you know, to thrive. For you sure. know what you could even say an opportunity would be because you're always wanting to talk. This is another little tip that whenever you post, whenever you podcast, say you mo- before you say I. If you're starting your sentence with I feel, that's it. You've already lost them. That's not good. Maybe you're like me in that I blah, blah, blah. So for those of you, if you're lazy like me, that's okay. Because 
I learn how to be ambitious and do get things done. So if you're lazy like me, and now you just invited your listener in, you're talking to them, you're putting them first, you're relating with them. Oh, you're lazy too. Don't worry about it. Or you could even say, are you, are you listening to this podcast in your bed? Have you not moved? Are you lazy? And your family's judging you? That's okay. I'm lazy too. I'm in my bed right now. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) draw them in, but always say you first. And that was a perfect opportunity to kind of just not not force it. I'm immediately like, I don't know if my listeners are lazy. Oh, you so I don't know. That. If you guys, if you think that you're lazy, <laughs> yes. like me, then you have to, then you have to Instagram me. <laughs> but maybe they just want to be friends with me because I'm lazy, or maybe I remind them of their like lazy husbands or something. You could. Oh my god. See, and I'm going was... back to your. I'm going back yes. to your there. Yes. Oh, so funny. So you nailed it. And it could even be in your post. It could be a picture of you in bed. Be like, I'm lazy. Who else is lazy with me? Because I don't think any of you are lazy. I'm the only one. And you know, you'll get the floodgates of people saying, oh, I'm in, I'm lazy too. Thanks for the permission to be lazy today or whatever. But see, you right there found the opportunity. And that's why it's so important, I think. And even with this character headline, absolutely, you can try to do it on your own and do it on your own. I encourage you. But sometimes even for myself, like I have to revisit my headline because it's been a while and we should all be revisiting it. And I was telling my husband because he works in radio too. And I'm like, honey, can you do this with me? Can we do this together? And he's like, no, you need an unbiased person to do it for you. And that's why it's so important to have someone else listen to your show, listen to your podcast, show them your character headline and talk it through because when we're podcasting or when we're posting, we're so focused on the message and there's so many other things that we have to worry about that sometimes we forget to pay attention. You know, we hear what we want to hear in our podcast. Oh yeah, we sound great. But sometimes we miss, we miss those little things. So have someone else listen to it. And that's why, yeah. Yeah. Or we're just so worried about, I don't know, showing up the, you know, the best we can or asking the right questions or sounding like the expert that, I mean, some people script their entire episodes or script all their questions. And so it can be hard to let your true personality shine through with that. But even if you're, if you're going off the cuff, if you're worried about, if your head is like all those things and you're trying to do that, you may not realize that you're not letting parts of your personality through. Absolutely. And that's the way I think about it. The way I am with my kids, with my husband, with my parents, with my college friends, right? Like I'm a little bit different if I walked into like the rotary meeting, you know, I'm going to be showing up Ah, different uh in all of those situations, not because I'm inauthentic in any of them, right? But because different situations, different people pull out different sides of me. And I think most people are like that. I can do it to an extreme. Like if I'm talking to my aunts that live in Long Island, (laughs) my husband's like, have you been talking to your aunts? Because I'll start to talk with an accent. Uh, So, I mean, I can do it to the extreme with the mirroring. Well, let me hear that Long Island accent. I want to hear that. (laughs) Oh, it's horrible. Like when I say things like differently, like horrible or like orange juice, it's a different... Oh, I can't do it on demand. But if I'm here, like I absorb it. I don't even yeah. know. It's it's a it's a thing. But I think that's where when we think about this, it's you know earlier I said showing up as your full self, and I and I misspoke there because it's not your full self. It's what's that what's that self for this channel, right? Yes. For this brand, yeah. because if you try to show up, nobody can show up as their full self. That's right. impossible. Right. Right. I feel like, you know, in, in that scenario, because you would, you know, and there's an authenticity to being, you know, mm-hmm. this doesn't mean you have to be the same every single day or every single time, but you're just naturally going to show up. If you were at a job, you would likely, you know, walking into that building, you would have a certain way that you're yeah. presenting yourself versus when you are volunteering in your kid's classroom at school, like just by nature of the context of the situation. Yeah. But in the podcast, when you show up, you are you. Yes. Well, and you, you are, are like truly by you. yourself. So sometimes yeah. it's hard to be yeah. like, what is truly me? Like, who am I? What do I, what's the meaning <laughs> of life? You know, <laughs> like, I feel like, I feel like there's a lot of big questions. Okay. Like not all of us have this stuff figured out. So we're trying to pull that back. Yeah. It's like, I, you know, I, and maybe I'm obsessed with all of these personality assessments and things like this because I'm just like, I need self-awareness because I, I'm like- so obsessed with all of it. Because I'm like, I like, tell me about me because I am apparently not at all self-aware about this stuff. <laughs> oh my gosh. But you know what's interesting too? 
And it, this is another tip, kind of a little off to what we're talking about, but it, it really will make a big impact on connecting with your listeners. Another tip is to draw them in. You know, so many people, and you probably see it all the time. Everybody's so worried about that darn number, a million downloads or whatever. Okay. If your goal of your podcast is to get the ad revenue, yeah, I'm sure that matters. It does matter. But if you're doing this and chances are you're doing this because you want to make a difference in people's lives, who cares? If you have 10 people, you become the biggest fan. You become the biggest fan of those 10 people. So then in turn, they become an evangelist for you. And that's what you want. You want to connect, reach out to them. When you post, like, let's say you're going to do a podcast episode on, I don't know, healthy eating or something. Before you record that episode, post some post about it and the comments, find those listeners who are always commenting and invite them in on the episode with you. Hey, do you have a second? Because that's the one thing that is unfortunate. That's the one thing that I feed off of on the radio is that interaction, instant interaction back and forth, right? I know when something's resonating and what you just mentioned that you're just sitting in a room talking to yourself, it's hard to keep going because you don't know if it's resonating. So why not invite listeners in on the show? Hey, I'm recording on, you know, Tuesday at three. Will you just jump in on this with me and just either sit in the whole thing, just listen to you so you can witness. It's almost like a live studio audience, but you can watch the reaction to what you say and and incorporate them. But they will be so loyal to you because now they spent, you took time to reach out to them. They spent time with you. They feel special. They will never leave you. And that's how you win listeners one at a time. Who cares about the thousands unless you're just going to do the pre-roll, post-roll nonsense with the ads to make a difference? Reach out to each individual, invite them in, react to their, you know, sometimes they'll post something on Facebook. If you just like something, they'll be like, oh my God, Jacqueline, like my post. That's how you win listeners, no matter if you're podcasting or you own a business or whatever. That's a little tip. Uh, this is <laughs> such a good tip. One, I, this is absolutely a strategy that I use that I have my clients use in terms of like, okay, take, let's take those 10 and have them all tell someone, but then you can double your audience and you can keep doing that. But this idea of inviting them in as to just like, listen, because I've done a little bit and we're going to start doing more with hot seats and, you know, kind of having people be mm-hmm. a part of the show in different mm-hmm. ways. But my, like, I need like a, like a head exploding emoji here. <laughs> to like I'm like a live studio audience. Like that is such a fun idea. I'm like, how can we make this work? But you will I feed off of that. that you will idea. feed off. We used to do that on the morning show, you know, Ooh. before COVID, a live studio audience. And those were the best shows because we were, it's weird talking in a microphone and hoping you're connecting. But when you see the facial expressions, you can say, oh, yeah, that really resonated. Let me let me elaborate a little bit more on that. Or it just makes them feel you just want to make your listeners feel special, whether it's 10 listeners or a thousand listeners, even just dropping their name. If that I mean, that takes a lot of work to connect with them, get them on the show. I know that's a lot. So if you don't have that kind of time, then even just saying their name, hey, Sarah Johnson, I love you. You always commented or even just saying, hey, Sarah Johnson said on our comments on our Facebook, just by saying their name. Now you're and in the beginning, you can make up names. I'm just going to say it. I'll pretend I didn't say it. you can <laughs> pretend I didn't say it. But in the beginning, make oh up names. Goodness. And then the real names, names. <laughs> the real names will come in. You're just building a community. And when people hear other names and other people commenting, then it just gives them subconscious permission to comment and interact with you. So good. So good. I love this bringing people in. I'm totally going to think about how we can do a live studio audience. So here's like, this is a little bit off topic, but this is something I've heard people say. And as the radio professional that you are, I'm curious your professional opinion with this. Ooh, it sounds okay. like it yeah. sounds like we might be in agreement here. So I've heard people say that because I record video for the podcast mm-hmm. and some mm-hmm. people deliberately do not record video because they it's say when there's well, but they, but they say they rec- they don't record video because it when we can see each other, there may be a part of the conversation that doesn't need to be said that we could kind of be leaving the listener out. Let's say if there's video where if we oh. can't see each other, it's more in tune to exactly how the listener is going to experience oh, it. I suppose. Yeah. Now I like to do video because I feel more connected to you and mm-hmm. I can see your beautiful face. It's just, you know, it feels more 
I don't know, it feels more like we're having a conversation yeah. and right. And not just that I'm talking to a voice and, and draws me in more with that. Clearly I can see you. No one else is seeing you right now. Right. But with the live studio audience, that's interesting because then you could see those faces too. Yeah. Do you think that having, but when you're saying if you're recording with the live studio audience, that would be the same type of thing, right? So yeah. do you think it's important? Like, do you think that that's a, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this, well, on this whole thing? I will be completely honest. In the beginning, I mean, I'm a radio girl. I'm all about just audio. Okay. I don't need this. And there were so many people to try to sell me on do video, do video. I'm like, I'm not doing video. It's another hassle of putting on my makeup, making sure my clothes are right. Do my gray show because do they, do they show? Because I haven't colored my hair in way too long. It's just another layer of insecurities that surface. But then once I started doing video, it does make it so much better because you are like, we're looking at each other's facial expressions and it, 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 I do feel close. I feel like I'm sitting right there next to you. And I do feel like the conversation is better and richer when you do have video. And then you could use the video and repurpose it on social media and it's teaser videos. And in the world we live in, you just have to. I mean, there is no more just audio. And some people are very successful with it. And that's fine if it really totally freaks you out. Don't force yourself. But it does add that layer of intimacy. People audience is curious. They're going to go to your Facebook and social media and and look for the video. So you should be repurposing it and teaser videos and whatever. But I know. No, it's it's a good it's a good take. And I haven't been doing my solos. I haven't been doing a lot of solos. When I do solos, I typically don't do video. I might start trying to see how it would go. You do your Instagram lives. So they I think what you're referring to. So they're not live. Those are videos. So I Ooh, tricking yes. everybody with those you little trickster. I'm totally tricking people. Yeah, because you're lazy and you're finding I'm them lazy. <laughs> and I and if I if it's up to me to record the video, I won't record the video. So I need to have a team member get on Zoom with me <laughs> and ask me questions and record me, and then and then they take the video. So I when I do those videos, I am on Zoom just like this. Only my team member is on with me, and they're on mute, hopefully, and sometimes not we've had had to learn that lesson along the way and but that like that's the accountability for me to do it plus i get that energy from people right so if it's not just me sitting at my computer talking to myself they're giving me that prompt and then i'm able and i'm able to see what's resonating with them so it that does help sometimes to a detriment though because sometimes like we'll make each other laugh and then I just get like a little bit too silly, but that's okay. Like I'm, I'm silly. So it works, but I'm like, I'm like, Oh, good. This is making you laugh, but then I'm making myself laugh too. And I'm like, okay, that's not good, <laughs> oh, but we're just going to go with it. But that has been such a hack for us to be able to create more content. Cause then I can just put a couple of those calls on my calendar yeah. month and then they're able to just take it and run with it from there. So, you know, and a lot of people do that, right? Don't they schedule out, you know, okay, on Mondays, I post a video on Tuesdays, I post an inspirational quote on Wednesdays, I post there's a formula like you like the plan and the formula. So it's just you make it so it's so funny though because I like my team is probably like dying right now. They're like, oh, you know, Jacqueline with the with the plan. But I because I am not that structured, but I one, I find that it's easier to communicate with hi you listening if I, if I have that yeah. formula right it it's able to to make it more actionable and implementable for for everyone but also it's easier to stick to and delegate right so i may not need that for myself but as i've been growing a team i find that the team really thrives off of those things mm. that that's been the easiest way when we have those systems and processes that run like clockwork even though that's not my nature at all and i'm usually not the one having anything to do with this the team uh-huh. that's really making it all go together but when we have that, that's when they can do things without me. And when they can do things without me, that's when we're really sailing. <laughs> because if I, I have to be it. involved in the nitty gritty <laughs> of the process, I'm going to slow everything down. Like I am, hello, the biggest bottleneck ever. <laughs> so oh that God, has we been... know you so much today, don't we? Everybody <laughs> we're just is probably like, all wow, out. I love it. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. I am the biggest bottleneck on my team. So that is... <laughs> Our mission is like, what is everything that Jacqueline is slowing down? And how do we like, how do, how do we avoid that? Right. And also when I'm able 
to stay in my zone of genius and do those things that I love the most, but also that come the most easily to me. I'm happier and I'm able to do those things better than when I'm getting bogged down with stuff. So, so yes, I don't bring up these things because I have this grand love of them, but I know that other people need them, especially my team in order for us to be able to operate. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) All the pieces together. Okay. So any final tips for someone who wants to start trying to to put this together on their own? So I would say pay attention to really connecting with your listener, make them feel special. Find those areas of your personality that you don't mind talking about in the most exaggerated way. Look for that vulnerability, quote, flaw in your personality and look for those opportunities where you really connect with your audience and just come up with a phrase. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't feel right. Well, then tweak it. It's not set in stone. And then just focus on that every time you go on the air, every time you post on social, it's going through that filter. All right. And then if people want to to work with you on this, to keep in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, if you're listening to this right now and you reach out to me, just make sure you tell me that you heard it on uh, on Jacqueline So, the go-to gal. And, you know, I will be more than happy to just sit down with you 20 minutes, half hour. We can talk about your podcast. We can, I'll listen to your podcast and critique you. I'll help you start to formulate your, you know, your character. And then if you decide that you want to work with me, we can work together. But I'd be more than happy to just kind of give you little critiques in the beginning. If you want to sit down on a one-on-one, you can find me on social, sandywaters98, anywhere on social, or you can email me uh, directly, sandywaters98 at gmail.com. Amazing. Oh my gosh, that is so generous of you. And I know that you're not going to have an unlimited amount of those. So if you are hearing this, like, email immediately if you're interested in that because, oh, Sandy only has time for so many. That's very generous of you to offer. All right. Thank you so, so much. This has been a tool that's really helped me and is still helping me. So having this conversation brings me back to like, okay, I could be doing better at this. And I'm excited for our listeners to really start thinking about this too and bringing it into not just if you have a podcast, of course, but to all areas where we're showing up because as you said it, we're all broadcasters now. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. Can I just say thank you so much for listening? I don't think I say it enough, but I love that you are here. If you enjoyed today's episode or if you've been getting value from this podcast, would you do me a quick favor? Head on over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. When you leave a rating and review, it basically tells iTunes that they need to spread the word and tell more people about this podcast. And I am on a mission to get the word out. I'm so grateful for your support. We want to make sure to shout you out too. So if you do leave a rating review, keep your eyes and ears open. We will be uh, either shouting out on the podcast or on Instagram stories. 